I'm very thankful to be a part of a church family and a church staff that has a number of talented folks who are biblical scholars and are willing to stand before us and tell part of their story and tell a part of the biblical story and how we are woven together in the power of this journey through the Bible we've been experiencing together, starting last August, moving through the Old Testament, now into the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, and our own Reverend Mark Green is going to be coming and talking to us about the passage that Kristen read just a moment ago. Now, I know none of you have ever been childish, but I know that some of you have interacted with people that are childish. <laughs> On the other hand, some of us, in fact, all of us, have been childish. And the question is, can we really shift our perspectives and learn how to be childlike in the way Jesus calls us to? Mark, thank you for all you do, and thank you for proclaiming the good news for us today. David was talking about all those biblical scholars and good preachers. He was talking about everybody else. Uh, thank you, David. It's a joy and it's an honor to be here, to be with you. It's an honor to always get to preach here at First Baptist of Decatur, and uh, I am delighted to be here. Welcome the best couple ever. We just uh, love you folks already, and we're glad that you're part of us. Let's begin today with a word of prayer. Speak, O Lord, as we come to you to receive the food of your holy word. Take your truth, plant it deep in us, shape and fashion us in your likeness, that the light of Christ might be seen today in our acts of love and our deeds of faith. Speak, O Lord, and fulfill in us all your purposes for your glory. And now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I love children. I always have, always will. I really, really love children. I love being around them. I love associating with them, hanging out with them, teaching them. Certainly, if you know me, I love singing with them. And I love being with them and learning from them. Yes, I think children have a lot that they can teach us. And I hope that we're in a teachable mood today because that is a childlike trait, teachable. I hope we're in a teachable mood today as we learn about children being childlike and not childish. I guess I come by my love of children pretty honestly. I get a lot of it from my mother and my father. 
talked about my, my mother and my father a lot, but they have such a huge influence on my Christian walk of faith. My mother was a career public school kindergarten teacher. Now, she did not start college until I was seven or eight years old when we lived in College Park. She took night classes at Georgia State. When we moved later to Dahlonega, she was able to go more full-time, and she graduated in 1971 with highest honors with her early childhood education degree, and she began teaching in the public schools there in Lumpkin County. Later, she got her master's degree, and then she got what was known as a T6 uh, in Georgia that was offered at that time, even a further graduate degree above the master's degree for teachers in early childhood education. I used to just marvel at mom's kindergarten class. It was just a splash of colors of the season. All the holidays of the season were just gorgeously arrayed in her room. It was just so much fun. And she taught with such energy. She taught with such joy. She taught with such genuine love for her children. I used to just marvel at what mom did in a classroom for public school kindergarten. She had a statement that she would often say with her children. I think she said it every day with her children. Let's make this a great day to learn and grow. I think that's a good word for the church. Let's make this a great day to learn and grow. I also get a lot of my love for children from my dad. My dad, as many of you know, was a career pastor. He served the last 23 years of his ministry at Dahlonega Baptist Church as senior pastor. And he always wanted the churches that he served to have a very vital and vibrant youth and children's ministries. He really felt like youth and children's ministry was key to a success of a church thriving in its community and introducing young couples to part of that church. So he loved education as well. He went back to school later in life. He already had his uh, degree from seminary, but he wanted to get his doctorate degree in ministry, doctorate of ministry degree, sometimes shortened to the D-men degree, not demon degree, but D-men degree. And here's his dissertation. And here's what his dissertation was on, a church developing and using a theology of childhood as the basis for a ministry to children and their parents. He loved children as well. He did his doctoral dissertation on it about how a church can really get things going. My whole career, I have worked with children and youth. Early in my ministry, I was a youth minister I've always worked with children and youth in music and in choirs. Now, for the last 14 years, I've been directing the Decatur-Avondale Children's Choir, and I absolutely love it. I love the children. I love the boys and girls. I love to see them learn and grow musically. And I love being around them. I absolutely adore them. Yes, <laughs> It is hard at times, yes, children will be children, yes, some days they're so energized it's like popping popcorn with the lid off, 
But I still love every minute of them, and I love all of my singers. And if all that wasn't enough, well, Cindy and I have been graced with four grandchildren. And let me tell you, I know, I know, I get it. Everybody thinks their grandchildren are the cutest and the smartest. I know mine are the cutest and the smartest. They are adorable, and we love having them. In fact, we've had all three of our granddaughters with us this weekend. We've got four. Hawken is just about to turn 11. He's the only boy, and he's the oldest. Lindley is eight and a half, and if you've ever been around children, those halves mean a lot. They'll tell you that they're such and such and a half. Uh, Emmy just turned seven this past week. And our newest granddaughter, Blake, is 18 months old. And we just adore them and love having them. Yes, I do love children. Well, in our text today, Jesus elevated the stature and the role of children in a very fractured and hierarchy-based society. In matters of faith and practice, Christ wants us to be childlike that's an adjective, as opposed to childish, the other negative adjective. So apparently these disciples were having some sort of dispute among themselves, and they wanted to know who was the greatest. We read, we heard read with Kristen there a few moments ago, at that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? In Mark's gospel, on this same account, it's almost humorous the way Mark puts it, and I really like what Mark says. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, this is Jesus speaking, what were you guys arguing about on the road? And I like the way Mark puts it. He says, but they were silent. Gulp caught you could have heard a proverbial pin drop for on the way they had argued he uses the word argued Luke does as well argued with one another about who was the greatest the synoptic gospels paint this dispute or if you want to use the word argument as a petty childish thing far beneath those who are called to be the followers of Christ, far beneath the way that they should be acting in our world. But let's put this hierarchical view in a little bit of context of the day. They lived in a hierarchical society. Everybody wanted to know where they were in the pecking order, what rung of the ladder they were on, where they were in line, who was in front, who was behind. It was more or less a sort of religious caste system of holiness to God. Even the architecture, follow me here, even the architecture of the temple kind of portrayed this. Think with me. Gentiles and half-breeds like the Samaritans could only go so far into the court of the Gentiles, right? It was partitioned off and Jewish women could go a little bit further, And then it was petitioned off again, and Jewish men could go another step. And then petitioned off even further, only the priests could go to the most sacred parts of the temple. Even the temple seemed to have this religious caste system portrayed. 
Jesus does a radical thing when he's answering this question, who's the greatest? He places a child in front of them. I love the shock factor of this. He called a child whom he put among them. Children, as you may know in this time, in ancient days, along with women, were thought of as less, not more, insignificant, not valued, weak, not strong, dependent, and a bit of a liability to the family structure. In short, they were considered significant nobodies. Now, this is harsh. In the Greco-Roman world of that day, children were thought so little of that sometimes, just after they were born, they were cast aside on the roadside or in the garbage heaps, or if you've heard of this as well, even thrown into the river. That's harsh. Now, in Jewish thought, children were valued They were seen as a blessing from God. It was barrenness that was considered a curse from God. But in Jewish thought, mothers were charged with nurture and the upbringing of the children, and fathers were charged with teaching them the Torah and helping them to become useful and productive in society. Yet, even in Jewish society, children still had no rank or place. They were insignificant. They were brushed aside. They had no voice. They had no vote. They had no rights of their own. They did not really count for much. They were nobodies. Let's pause here and remember that Christ is the champion of the nobodies. Christ is the absolute champion of the nobodies. The least, the last, the lame, the lonely, the lost, all find solace in him. Christ elevated the role of women, children, the poor, lepers, those with diseases and deformities, those considered unclean, those despised half-breed Samaritans, and on and on and on we could go. Jesus touched the untouchables. He welcomed the unwelcomed. He was the friend to the friendless. He included the excluded. He set the captives free. He gave dignity to the undesirables. He elevated the downcast and the downtrodden. So Jesus settles the argument of who is the greatest. And he says, truly, and when Jesus uses the word truly, he wants you to underscore. He wants you to take out a highlighter marker and mark this down, put a star beside it, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. This child that Jesus has brought to himself. We're not told if it was a boy or a girl. We're not told how old they were. But Jesus uses this child as an object lesson, a shocking, radical Object lesson to teach a great truth. Unless you become humble like this child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. It is those who are humble like this child who are greatest in the kingdom of God. So to become like a child is to recognize one's own insignificance and his utter dependence. So we ask ourselves... This adjective childlike that Jesus seems to be 
emphasizing in this passage. What does that entail? What character traits come to mind? What thoughts does that bring? Well, I've been preparing for this sermon for about a month now, and so I've been thinking about this a long time, and I came up with 25 answers. Now, you probably could come up with even more, but listen to this list, and I may make a few comments here and there. These are some childlike character traits, innocence, energy. Oh, my goodness, if you've ever been around children, you know what energy is. I've often said, jokingly, that if adults had the same energy as children, we could work an eight-hour day in about three and a half hours. It's just crazy. Ingenuity, curiosity, a sense of wonder. Don't you love that? Children just have that sense of wonder. They just want to absorb the world all around them. Sociability, resilience. Have you ever seen a child fall down? They might cry. They might hurt if they get a boo-boo. But then they stand back up and then they start playing and they're just right at it again. I love the resilience. I like this one. Living in the moment. My goodness, if we could recapture that again. Oh, my goodness, most of us live with to-do lists and calendars so full. We're already borrowing anxiety of the days ahead and bringing it into today. Children don't act like that. They just live in the moment. Whatever's in front of them, they're there. I love that. Playfulness, resourcefulness, joy, creativity. They sometimes play with the box instead of the toy, and they have a great time doing it. Lack of prejudice. Now, this has been proven with sociologists and child psychologists that children on a playground will play with other children on a playground no matter the color of their skin, no matter the social economic background of the person. They play with others, boys and girls, just because they're children. If you know someone that's prejudiced, they've been taught that thought they've been taught that behavior and it is wrong christ followers are to have nothing to do with that trust innovative imaginative adventuresome simplicity transparency yeah you'll know what a child's feeling (laughs) they'll let you know spontaneity openness honesty this one is very important teachability They just absorb what their world offers them. They just want to learn so fast. Our little 18-month-old Blake, you would not believe how much she is learning every, every day. We'll sometimes keep her, and it's been like two weeks since we had her before, and it just amazes us at how much she's learned already just in that two weeks. Wow. Humility. And the last one I put was, and this is important, dependence they are weak and defenseless and have no security on their own they must look to others to protect and provide for them childlike qualities that jesus wants his followers to have by extension he wants us in the church to have now let me contrast that with a brief list of childish traits the other adjective the negative connotation listen at these words and i didn't come up with 25 of these i didn't want to bore you with that but listen at these 
Selfish, immature, demanding, petty, silly, impetuous, infantile, inappropriate, pouty, insolent, pitches a fit, etc. Now, when I looked at that list, I know, maybe I shouldn't say this, but when I looked at that list, it sounded like a lot of politicians that I've heard of lately. Oh, my goodness. But sadly, when I look at that list, I've known people inside the church that pretty much betrayed that same list before, too. I know, say it isn't so. Uh, Christ does not want us to have those. This petty argument that the disciples were having going on about who was the greatest was basically a childish argument. They were going to see who had the best seats at the table, who was going to be first in line, who was going to get the greatest recognition. These childish pursuits are unworthy of the followers of Christ. Elsewhere, Jesus has said, and listen to these words. These are Jesus' words. It will not be so among you, but whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant. And the word servant here and the word for child in Aramaic are the same. Ah, child, servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. Jesus said, the last will be first and the first will be last. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus said, very truly, underscore, highlight, stars beside, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. This is from his conversation with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of spirit. Maybe this born again phrase has to do with us becoming more like children. Jesus turned the world upside down. Here it is those that are like a child who are honored as being the greatest in the kingdom of God. The childlike qualities of humility, teachableness, dependence, etc., etc., etc. That's what Jesus is looking for in his disciples. Unless you turn, Jesus says... That's to do a full 180, a total about face, and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. My New Testament professor at Southern Seminary, David Garland, writes this. I just wanted to quote it for you. To become as a child is basically to recognize one's status of insignificance and absolute dependence. What hinders genuine repentance is the presumption that one is great, not small. What makes repentance possible is one is small and slight as a child before God. Jesus identifies himself with the weak and seemingly insignificant. Those who receive children also receive him. And it is the humble who best care for the humble. Those who are great are tempted to give themselves to more dazzling occasions of service, such as prophesying 
or working mighty miracles or placing large and loud sums of money in the temple coffers. And they overlook the basic task of the true disciples, receiving and ministering to the nobodies. A quote by David Garland. Jesus said, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Don't you hear some echoes here of some other important passages I hear echoes in that statement of Matthew 25 where Jesus says, And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you that are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, you have done it unto me. Couldn't we add from what we've heard Jesus say, I was a child and you welcomed me to this list, the least of these. I also hear echoes of the Beatitudes in this passage. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, Jesus said. Or blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Is he not here saying in this passage today, blessed are the childlike, for they shall receive the kingdom of God. Yeah. Jesus wants us to have a childlike faith, one that is humble, genuine, pure, innocent, dependent, teachable. He does not want us to be childish, petty, pouty, preoccupied with position and selfish pursuits. Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child and thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put away childish ways, and so should we. Jesus said, let the little children come to me, and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. Wow. Christ honored children as the least of these, and we should as well. Children have a place of welcome in Christ's kingdom. We should celebrate that. Christ was not bothered or interrupted by children, and neither should we. Christ sees in children the character traits that he wants his followers to have. Christ-like humility, trust, a sense of awe and wonder, teachability, playfulness, excitement, lack of prejudice, and a level of dependence. Without these, we become childish and self-absorbed, self-sufficient, self-centered, self-reliant, and we arrogantly have less and less a need for Christ in our lives. It is truly only the humble who fully resonate with the needs of others around them and are willing to serve humanity in the most humblest of ways. 
with a childlike faith, we can, we can, in my mother's words, make this a great day to learn and grow as we become more and more like Christ. Brothers and sisters, may it be so. Oh, yes, may it be so. Amen.